to continue on our study from this morning. Now this morning we were looking at Hosanna and now in this evening I want us to look at the idea about how Jesus is the rejected cornerstone. We're going to be looking a lot at 1 Peter chapter 2 but before we get there I want to remind you of what we looked at this morning and maybe if you haven't even watched that video or maybe if you missed out on that sermon uh, you might want to take a look at that uh, before taking a look at this one. That's on uh, Hosanna but let me just give you a little bit of a recap just briefly. The main text that we looked at was from Mark chapter 11. So in Mark chapter 11, verses 8 through 11, this is what's oftentimes called the triumphal entry. This is when Jesus enters into Jerusalem and they praise him as this coming king that they've been waiting for. They praise him as the Messiah. So those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So that's the praise that Jesus gets in Mark chapter 11, verses 8 through 11, whenever he enters into Jerusalem. Now, they're quoting from Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, we read, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For the house of the Lord of, for the, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. Now, that's verses 25 and 26 of Psalm 118. But there's still a little bit more. 
You know, this morning we kind of made some of these connections and we noticed that they were praising Jesus as being this king. Now, he was rejected, of course, and he was sent to the cross. We looked at all those things this morning and we talked about those things. We also recognized that communion is that memorial of his rejection and his, the memorial of his sacrifice, that death that he gave for us on the cross. Well, an Old Testament theme oftentimes that shows up is how God himself was rejected. And that's something that we see in Psalm 118. We see how great it is whenever someone comes in the name of the Lord, but even just before this, just a couple verses before it, backing up to verses 11, I'm sorry, 21 to verse 23 of Psalm 118. This is still part of that same Psalm that was, that was uh, quoted uh, whenever Jesus entered into Jerusalem. This is that, that section. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. See, this is God's plan. God's plan is not always dependent upon on whether or not we reject God because really God being rejected by his people, it happened time and time again in the Old Testament. And it did not end in the Old Testament. We find out from the pages of the New Testament that it's also kind of the story of his own son, Jesus. That Jesus, he came to his own, but his own just rejected him. They sent him away. They, they crucified him. And that's at the heart of what Peter is getting into. And Peter is quoting this passage about the stone the builders rejected has become the, store, the cornerstone. Now that cornerstone, what it means is that that's kind of the, 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 the big important stone. Oftentimes we might kind of think of it, and, and sometimes it's even used in the New Testament as the foundational stone, that Jesus is our foundation, that everything is built on. He's our cornerstone on which everything rests. He is the stone that is the most important, the prominent place. And he was yet rejected by those who are the, the builders. And in 1 Peter 2, Peter's going to teach us more about that and, and what that needs to look like in our lives and what that has looked like, sadly, in, in times past whenever the builders rejected that cornerstone of Jesus Christ. So let's look at that rejected cornerstone for a moment. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, we're getting a little bit of the context here. Peter says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this passage in verse 2 especially, it talks about growing in your salvation. You know, I hope that you have considered different ways in which you can grow. And I hope that you've maybe even considered how to help one another, uh, you know, those, those Christians that you are close to, help them to be able to grow. See, we were always meant to grow. I mean, it is a great thing to become a Christian, but we were never intended to stop there. It's a great thing to become a Christian, but we must continue to grow up in our salvation. I hope that you've done that personally, and I hope that you have made it an effort of yours to help other Christians grow up in their salvation as well. That's what Peter's doing here in this passage. That's why he's, he's talking about this whole thing right here. He's trying to get us to, to grow past maybe the, the fundamental uh, teachings that we've learned, you know, the foundational teachings that we learn. We need to continue to grow in those. That doesn't mean we leave them behind. It means that we grow and we build upon these teachings that have been passed down after generation after generation, going back to the time of Christ 
who is, of course, that rejected cornerstone. Let's get into that part where uh, Peter is quoting that passage. Now in verses 4 through 6 of 1 Peter 2. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now this is one of the passages, and it's not quite just uh, yet from the words of Psalm 118, but Peter is about to go there in just a moment. But I do want to kind of point out some ways in which we can grow. See, one way in which we can grow is, is to help one another, to teach one another. One way that I've even uh, grown is whenever I was looking up things about Hosanna, actually, that's where this lesson came from. As I was looking up things about the word Hosanna, I came across this passage in 2 Peter. And I came across this idea also as I was reading uh, specifically the commentaries from N.T. Wright. Uh, and I'm just kind of stating that just to let you know that this is sometimes how we build up one another. And, you know, sometimes we read what other people have, have, uh, have written down about this. Sometimes we go to Bible classes and we speak to one another and, and teach one another. And this is one of the neat things that, that he kind of pointed out that deals with stone right here. Now... Um, yes, it's a little bit of a coincidence that this happens, but the word stone, I want you to think about it. It's S-T-O-N-E. But, you know, three of those letters spell out son. You know, if you take out the T and take out the E, you have son. So this rejected stone is also the story of the rejected son. Now, I know that it just happens to work out that way in English, but, you know, what was really kind of amazing to me is that this play on words, it actually works in Hebrew too. And it seems that whenever Jesus um, kind of sometimes spoke of the rejected stone, he was also speaking about the rejected son. And we see right here that the cornerstone, this corner son, the son of God, Jesus Christ himself, is supposed to be chosen. It's supposed to be precious. And we are supposed to be people who put our trust in him. And we will never be put to shame. Well, Jesus spoke of the rejected stone. Peter also spoke of the rejected stone as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter is reminding this group of Christians who they are. It's a reminder that we need, isn't it? Uh, we, we need to be reminded that this is who we are. This is what we have become. You know, now to those who believe, you know, we see these two, these two pathways laid out. It's the same pathways that are mentioned time and time again throughout the pages of the Old Testament. In fact, I've kind of spoken about these not too long ago. It, it can be used different ways, but right here we see it as, on the one hand, we have those who believe. On the other hand, we have those who do not believe. We see that uh, the belief or not belief, then we also have whether or not they stand on this cornerstone or if they stumble over this cornerstone. Uh, 
Now, you know, which is the better choice? I think we get it. I mean, you know it. The better choice is, of course, to believe. The better choice, of course, is to stand on this cornerstone. But we also find out that, of course, not everyone chose that pathway. That's why Jesus himself was even rejected. That's why we have these passages about how the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Why did they reject Jesus? Well, it says that they, the, one of the reasons why they disobey the message is that they were destined for that. It's part of this, this plan. But even more than that, we also see that why they did it on a practical sense is that Jesus didn't fit their expectations. They were expected one thing out of the Messiah. They wanted him to, to bring about deliverance. Well, he brought about salvation, but not the type of salvation they were expecting, not the type of salvation they were looking for. And because of that, their eyes were blinded to what God was doing in their midst. I hope and I pray that our eyes will remain open, that our ears will be open to what God is doing in our time, in our day. Now, yes, I don't necessarily expect it to be quite as monumental as whenever Jesus came, but I do expect us to pay attention. I do expect us to follow where God leads us. So which is the better choice? Of course, we are called to believe. Of course, we are called to stand on this firm foundation. In fact, he gets into that in verses 9 and 10 about, but you are these things. What does he tell them? They're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special possession. I mean, all of these things are very closely connected to how the nation of Israel was talked about. Peter expands that and he says it's not about the nation of Israel. It's not just about the nation of Israel anymore. It's expanded beyond the borders of one nation. And we are all called to be these people. We as Christians are called to be these people, this chosen people. This, is, of course, is what we should be. This, of course, is part of the plan of God, is, is what we are going to be. But now I want you to think about this. Yes, believing and standing on this cornerstone, those are the right decisions. But what does standing firmly actually look like? Well, to that, let's keep reading in Second Peter, I'm sorry, First Peter chapter 2. And we'll find out what Peter kind of says that's going to look like to stand firm. It looks kind of like this. Verses 11 through 17. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as, to, as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So this is at least some of what it looks like to stand firm on this cornerstone, this most important stone, and recognizing that even though Jesus might not have fit everything that they were expecting, he most certainly was and is the Messiah. He most certainly came to bring about salvation. Maybe not deliverance from the Romans, at least in the way that they were expecting it in the days of Jesus. But he did bring about deliverance from Rome, just in a different way they were expecting. And Jesus also brought about deliverance from anything that opposes us today. 
and standing firm in Jesus and in the way of Jesus. It looks kind of like this, abstaining from these sinful desires. Now, I mean, that's a very kind of all-encompassing phrase. It means a whole lot of different things. And we, we see this list that Peter is, is calling them to. This is what it means to be this chosen people. This is what it means to be this type of royal priesthood. We see that this passage right here, this should describe us. Now, sadly, at times, it simply does not describe the Lord's people. Just make sure that it describes you. And I'm going to make sure that it describes me. Because after all, I mean, you know, I can't really uh, do these things on your behalf and you can't do them on my behalf. But you can do them on your own behalf. You can make sure that even if maybe not all of these things uh, fits you, uh, you can change something in your life. So that, that way you will become more and more like this list. And most importantly, more and more like Jesus Christ. Yeah, sometimes people might have a problem with it. People rejected that chief cornerstone. But God exalted him. God exalted him to his right hand. God will also be with us. and He will exalt us even if we find rejection in this life. Because we have so much more to look forward to. And what we have to look forward to is, is following God being pleasing in his sight always. Yes, this rejected cornerstone was rejected by many people, but to those who have faith in him, they stand firm. Let's make sure that we stand firm. Let's make sure that we continue to build one another up. Peace.